Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Agent Daily Dose podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Amit Buddha, who is down in the great city of Miami. Amit has been someone who has helped Delroy and I for years with marketing ideas, consultation, advice on clients, and all overall, just generally, we find he's a super creative individual in the real estate industry who we have learned a lot from. And fortunately, we dive into some amazing topics for you guys, like how to market your listings, uh, what to do to stand out as a personal brand, how to deliver authentic messaging to your audience, and we get into some fun stuff. Amit is a collector of sports cards. We talk deep on why he's fascinated by that space and what's cool in the industry and how it even relates back to our industry as real estate practitioners. We also dive into just some personal stuff, and I think you'll find a lot of great insights that Amit shares uh, about how he handles clients, uh, why he's been able to grow his business in the competitive city of Miami, and what's next for his market. Stay tuned, and we thank you so much for listening. If you would, it helps us out tremendously if you like or review us, so please subscribe and be sure to leave us a review. Uh, We can't thank you enough for all the support. We just crossed 2,000 listens on the podcast, uh, and we're about 20 episodes deep. So we love it. We thank you so much for tuning in, and enjoy this episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) Asian Daily Dose. Today, we are with... Amit Buddha, who is one of our great friends uh, down in Miami, and you know we've known Amit for I would say what three years ish, maybe something yeah. like that, um, and always known him as someone who was pushing his market forward uh, and and doing innovative things, but at the same time collaborating, being an open book with other real estate agents from no matter the company, no matter the the experience level. Um, and, uh, and, and no matter the age and, uh, and Amit has, has done a great job, um, you know, keeping and cultivating an online digital presence through COVID and all of the crazy changes in 2020. So we're really excited. Thanks for coming on the show. Amit. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Definitely. So if I missed anything, why don't you give our listeners just a little bit more of an in-depth introduction to, to you and what you got going on down there? Yeah, sure. So I've I've been in real estate. This is my 17th year. So I've seen the ups, downs and everything. And I was a single agent for a while. And I worked at Coldwell Banker 11 years, worked at Sotheby's for three years. I've been at Compass roughly three years now. And um, so I did real estate for a while and I hated it. I just, I did like the stuff we're told to do, like the FISBOs, the expired calls. And I got good at it, but I just hated it. And then one day I figured out how to love my job and grew the team. And I realized that when you really love doing what you're doing and you're passionate about it, you can have more people work with you hand in hand and you can do so much better. And you have a whole lot more friends just like you guys. Nice. I think we can start right there. What, what was the, what was the switch, the light bulb moment when you found out how to love your job? Yeah, so I'm in Miami, Florida, and at that time, you would think that a lot of people do content marketing, and I realized that no one did. And so there's a company called Curator, Chris Smith and Jimmy Mack, and they're amazing people. And I used to watch them. They had a show called The Water Water Cooler on um, YouTube, and they had it for a while, and I used to follow them. I was like, these guys are cool. They're hip just like you guys actually. And they're really (laughs) good at marketing. 
And um, so you're like the newer version of them and uh, younger version. And from there, I just, I just started like liking what I heard and I just started doing content and I started making it less about me, but more about the people that would be reading and hopefully or watching or listening. And that's what it was. Just, I think what you guys do. When did, when did you like seriously or start taking your content game seriously? Like when was that? Like a year? Um, 2016. Okay. I would say that's a, that's early adopter for the real estate industry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, very, very early on. And now, you know, what, what would you say about in your market, Miami are, more and more people doing content marketing? Is it, is it, you know, omnipresent or is it still emerging? You know, that's a great question. And so like, besides real estate, I coach um, Compass Agents Marketing. And I was speaking to an agent today in Long Island and I was telling him this, basically the answer to your question. Um, for most markets, if we're doing content marketing, we're early adopters. It's, it's so sad, you know, it's 2021 and we're early adopters. But with that said, now and now more often we're seeing that people are saying, oh yeah, that works. And in two years, three years from now, there won't be an opportunity. Nice. Mm-hmm. So you still think that in today's market, cause you know, some agents will see, you know, someone like yourself or what we're doing and think like it's too late, you know, the market's saturated. You still think there's an opening and right now today, it's still an open market. Yeah, it's huge because if you, if you if you if you're not sure, just Google. You're a consumer. Google the market that you're in and see what pops up. It's sad, and I, I don't blame agents for this because we're taught that way. But every every piece of marketing is about how great I am, how great my company is, what I just sold, just the humble brags, and no one cares about that. And I remember like a long time ago, like my sister's a huge fan of mine you know, family always is. And I remember I I went to my parents' house one day and this was before I was making marketing about like the other person. It was just like focused on me. And she goes to me, I saw your post. I liked it. I didn't read it, but I liked it. I'm like, damn, (laughs) isn't he reading my stuff? No one is. Right. Right. Wow. So now that you've kind of been doing the, I mean, you, you, you've you evolved your content marketing strategy. It wasn't like in 2016, you're doing the same stuff as now. Um, what do you think is kind of the next evolution of, of content marketing, personal branding, the things that agents are actually posting, sharing, and and trying to, you know, gain influence by? Where, where do you think the next kind of couple of years go for, for our industry in doing that? Yeah, so I think you have to you have to brand with your passion, sort of what all three of us are doing. You have to find out what you like, what you're passionate about. And when people see that, you don't want to be that really agent that also happens to like sports cards or tennis or, or whatever it is, or likes to eat. You want to be that person that they know that they'd like to hang out with. And oh, by the way, yeah, he does real estate too, you know? And I think as we go forward, they're like, so I'm a Indian male, 51 years old, living in Miami, working for Compass. And I, I like a few things. And I think when we do marketing, if we share all of those things, we have the opportunity to get a lot of people to like us for a lot of different reasons, rather than just say the volume that we did. If I, if I just choose volume, 
I'm going to win sometimes and I'm going to lose sometimes. And I don't want it to be that way. I want someone to tell me about my wife, how I met, how I met her on match.com. And because of that, they're like, Oh, by the way, do you sell in this area? And, you know, I think that's how marketing will evolve in the future. Did, did you, so when you were coming up with that game plan and that, that, that sounds like where you've evolved to now originally, and then now sometimes when you've had to rebrand, did you, did you come up with a specific strategy? Did you game plan and write it down and say, my content is going to be about X or I'm going to push out, you know, X amount of content. Like how do you come up with the game plan of when you're going to start to actually produce the content? You know what it is? It's with a lot of failures, right? When, when we, when we do, you know, a lot of times when we post, we think something will kill it and sometimes things won't do well. And then when I realized that certain things that I was posting, it was doing well, I was like, I, I, I should try this a little bit more, double down on it, triple down on it. And then it would work. And then people were interested in, and I'm still, I'm still learning every day, you know, just certain things. Like when I post, I post about real estate, sports cards, and clubhouse. You know, those are the three things that I talk about all the time. And I'm getting very, very good engagement with it. So I'm learning from each day that I post. Is, is, there, is there, just on the post side of it, are there some key things that you do when you post? To Like, now that you've, you've learned some things, are there now takeaways that you say, oh, when I post, I do X, Y, and Z? Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you that well. Sorry, when 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 you are doing a post, are the, is there a format to it now? Do you have like an X, Y, and Z, like a, a top three that you always do when you post or depending on the type of post, do you have like a somewhat of a formula now when you post? Yeah, so, um, so there's three things that I post about. One is authenticity, nothing to do with real estate. One is like, we have to have social proof when, we, when we're marketing, right? We could be the coolest, nicest guy that people love, but if they don't see that we sell real estate, it's not gonna help us. So we have to have social proof and then sort of like a hybrid where it's a story that basically where there's a book called um, Building My Story Brand by Donald Miller. And what he talks about, it's the best branding book I've ever read, marketing book. And where we are the guide and the consumer is the hero. So like, Basically, I would share a journey of real of a story of something happening to someone. And it's not going to be all real estate. It's going to be a hybrid. And I'm just going to happen to be in that story. You know, I'm like, I'm like the product placement in a movie. You'll notice it. You'll know it's there, but it's not going to be overwhelming where it's going to take things. So as far as formula, I realized, you know, it's funny when we, we think about videos, we have to have something really engaging in the beginning, but it, I never realized that we need to do that in written word and audio. So I make sure always every single piece of content that I, that I do, if I want to get some sort of engagement, I need to make sure that it's engaging from the very, very beginning. Sort of, I think they call it like serving the dessert first. And that's, that's what I do. That's my formula. Great mm. tips. Great tips. Yeah, and I, I, I extra love that just because, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, my your market, Miami, is a flashy place. Like, it's it, there's a lot of sex appeal to Miami. You've got the beaches, the people, the nightlife. The, it's a scene. And... It's a it's a beautiful place to, to be. It's it's a now you know a cr really good place to do business. 
Um, but you're kind of taking the humble approach and threading your story into basically just you being an, an expert in the market. And that cultivates a lot of attention, um, not because you're necessarily the flashiest person in the room, but because the story that you're threading feels like it's A, authentic, I get to know I'm it, but also B, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. He sells some real estate. He clearly has some great stories with his clients. His clients seem to really trust him and actually care about him. And uh, and, and maybe I want to be a client of Amit's when I'm looking to buy or sell. And you know, I think the there there's a lot of um, there's a lot of ways that you can go about building a personal brand. There's not necessarily a right or a wrong formula, but that formula, in my opinion, is very very sustainable and can really serve to to get you a lot of different types of clients. Like you can, you probably have, you know, client relationships who, who go back a, a long time with, with you who, I mean, they are, they are yours forever, right? If they're buying or selling, I would guess that they are going with you, right? Yeah, totally. I think you have to go deep into what you're good at. So like, because I'm just a regular looking guy that's middle age, I can't go into being flashy, you know, whereas there are a lot of people that in, are in Miami that can be, if I, if I look like a model, I would, I would dive into that, but I don't. So the easiest way for me, and that, like you said, sustainable, because if you're very good looking and you start doing content once, unfortunately, you know, you get older and you, maybe you don't look as well, all of a sudden your following will just, you'll lose them. You know, but if you're creating stories and people are liking you for you or the interests that you have, it is very sustainable. Very good. Very good. So what are your what are your favorite platforms now that you're using personally and and, and what what do you think is the next big thing or you know in, in the world of social media, because that's kind of what we're alluding to with all of this. What platforms do you love? What are you passionate? Which platform are you passionate about? And, and are there different strategies you use on each platform? Yeah, so I, I do use um, different strategies on each platform. For me, I guess it's the shiny object in the, in the I don't know if it's in the mirror or in the window or whatever, but it's <laughs> Somewhere. Clubhouse. <laughs> it, it, you know, Clubhouse. And what's helped me a lot is it, it's so funny because when we're an early adopter into anything, whether it's doing content or, or being in a new app or whatever it is, we get, we get accessibility to people that we normally wouldn't be able to. And I learned this. This is, a, this is my pro tip for you guys that are going to speak. Um, every time I speak, at the and this is, it has to come from the heart. It can't be like BS where you're just saying a script. So every time I'm, I speak, and I think anyone can speak in Clubhouse where they're a speaker because we're all good at different things, right? If you really like something, you can speak on it and you can be an expert on it. So whenever I speak, whether it's on real estate or marketing or sports cards or whatever it is, after I speak, one of the things that I, I, I'm so grateful for is someone to take time out of their day to actually listen to me and the other speakers. So every time I'm on, um, at the end, I tell them, I tell them exactly what I said. And I say, in the smallest way I could show my gratitude, the first three people that DM me, I'll be happy to, and this isn't a pitch, it's to, to happy to look at your marketing and maybe give you my opinions on it for half an hour. 
And the first time I did that, I didn't say three. I said, the, you know, whoever DMs. <laughs> I had I had nineteen DMs after the 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 call, and even though they were thirty minute calls, they were hour calls, so that was nineteen hours. But with that said, building those relationships work really well, and so for because of that, you know, we've had like over sixty agent referrals within the last two, three years, just like you guys get a ton. And I, I'm sorry, I keep like referencing you guys because you guys do a lot of the same things that I do, but in a much cooler way. So that's why I keep- I It's keep just in a different way. It's just different. We actually do the same stuff. We do the same stuff. We do the Honestly, same stuff. I've, I feel like there, and there's a lot of similarities uh, with the, you know, five minutes ago or so, what you described as kind of your content strategy. I remember when I was getting just into real estate, like I was thinking, People need to be more authentic on these platforms. People need to share more about themselves. And then the social proof comes in where it's like, yeah, if you're not if you're not delivering results, like, okay, buddy, do you really sell real estate? Yeah, yeah. You know? So it, so yes, I, I I jive with all of that. The journey, you gotta share the journey yeah. always. There's yep. ups and there's downs. Awesome. So you had asked me a question as far as like strategies on different platforms. Yes. Yeah. And so like for me. You know, even though I'm on all the things on Instagram, on Facebook and stuff like that. So for, for me, what it works best on Instagram and it's, I mean, it's not a secret or anything is if you do a story and you ask questions and they, they have, they have like, they can pick A, B, C or D or yes, where basically they're sharing stuff because you want someone to dive into their emotion or share what they want. Another thing, if I'm doing something on Facebook, I'm going to ask a question whenever I, I'm on Facebook and I'm going to ask a question, I'm going to make sure I have 20 or 30 minutes to be on there. So when people respond, I can respond, I can like, I can comment. Because if I don't do that, the, the, the post won't go semi-viral. And I'm going to ask them a question that makes them get there, where there's emotion. So I would say like, Stu or Delroy, um, can you remember what your first job was? And maybe I'd challenge you a little bit. I'd say, how many of you remember your first job that you had and what you made? Mm -hmm. And that people would think they would put the money and then I would have a conversation with them. Hundreds. If you do this, you'll have hundreds of conversations. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a that's good one. That's a good one. You might see me post this this week. Right, right. Well, now <laughs> I, go I ahead think a, a better one for you, Delroy, is how many of you remember what your first car was? And how, um, like, and how fast it was, or what yeah. it cost. I've done that. that post before. Exploded, definitely. And drop a yeah. picture of of your first car. <laughs> right. People did, and it was hilarious. Well, now, I mean, now you have to draw them in, right, or draw them out. Like you, you've, you, everyone is online, but we're not all commenting on the same stuff, seeing mm -hmm. the same reel, seeing the same timeline. Like, and the algorithm is tough these days too. Oh yeah, you, there's a lot of gamifying the yeah. system of content marketing these days and that that also goes into and this is a good segue into you know that this is all on the personal brand side let's shift over to what what you do for your listings i think as well amit is a is very creative very uh intentional focused specifically on the properties that you are representing and you know that's a that's another side of our business obviously we need to promote ourselves but we need to promote our properties better than anyone else as well um what are some things over the last year that have maybe worked and, and maybe not worked for you when, when you're trying all this stuff? So what I learned a long time ago is to look at the ROI on my business and not the listing, you know, and we want to have a brand that is 
is consistent. You know, Tiffany Sotheby's compass, we're gonna all have a, a, a particular look throughout the time. You don't wanna be that agent where a consumer's thinking, should I use Amit? Is he gonna use his A game or B game with me? So one of the things is consistency. Another thing that works really well, and I'm actually gonna be a speaker on in an event that actually Gary Vee and Tom Ferry are gonna be on in the future. And so I'm gonna actually share what I do on listings. So one of the things that, and this, this doesn't, I guess it's marketing a little bit. So what, when we go on a listing appointment, we're usually guessing on who the buyers are, you know, especially like the expensive properties. We're sort of guessing who is gonna buy the property. So what we do, our team does is we'll look at that neighborhood and potential other options that that person would maybe look at besides this house. And then we, we go back and we look at the tax records for six months to a year. We find out who, who bought the properties. And you know, you're know you probably gonna get 75, 80%. You're not gonna get them all because with privacy, some people do LLCs and all these other things. Then what we do is, it's sort of creepy, but we Google them. We check their Instagrams, we check their Facebooks, we check every little thing about them. And then we're, this is like manual on a sheet of paper, we write down. 45 year or 40 year old, 40 plus year old doctor from so-and-so. And we create this list of all these people. We create this buyer persona. The next thing we do is we have the photos taken professionally. And then we have a ghostwriter, you know, professional writer. And we send this buyer persona with the photos to that, that ghostwriter. And what that ghostwriter is basically writes the most engaging thing for those potential buyers. Then what we do after we do that, we give it to our videographer to try and create a mini story, mini movie to engage the most engaged people. Nice. And then you do with the movie, where does the movie go so we can finish it? What, what happens to the movie? Yeah, so, so like, it's gonna be like a short video and then we're gonna, we, we retarget all the people that we have because it's not really real estate sometimes. So. We're gonna retarget, on, we're gonna go on YouTube, pre-roll ads. We're gonna do, we're gonna, because you know our website has been around a while, we get three to 5,000 people a month on it. And then obviously all our groups that we know people, we're not just gonna send stuff to people just to send them. But if I know some, in, in Miami, people are coming from New York, Chicago, and like the Bay Area, California, sometimes DC. We're gonna send it to the people that are, are most relevant. So. When, when you speak to a, a seller and you ask them, do you know how many doctors bought a property in your neighborhood within the last six months? And they'll guess, and then you'll say, well, actually you're close, but there were four people, there were three attorneys, there were two accountants, and you start sharing all this information and they're gonna be blown away with the knowledge. And especially if you're competing with someone, say, you know, ask that agent, say, you know, the next time, the person you speak to, do me a favor, and if you could promise me this, it would mean a whole lot. Ask them how many properties sold within the last six months and who, how many uh, attorneys, doctors, lawyers, business owners were buyers and where did they buy from? And specifically ask them that question, you'll win. That is amazing. You'll win. You'll that is amazing. Win. <laughs> the buyer profile, there's there's a couple things to unpack. The buyer profile we have used as well to some success in the past. That is, it, it takes the guesswork out of the biggest question you need to answer. And no one has the answer until you actually go to market and, and field a contract and start your showings, right? And so 
the but the but to put time and attention into who the buyer profile is shows that you also know hopefully how to market to that buyer profile as well because you if you know who they are you know how to speak to them and how to get them to enter your door and, and walk through it and when it comes to when it comes to luxury oftentimes there is a you know when you're selling a listing it is not i mean you might be able to sell on the you know comps if you're lucky and you've got a great priced home and it's well positioned you know you get it done day one whatever but oftentimes especially in you know markets that aren't as hot as right now uh it's gonna take a little longer it's gonna take a level of finesse and savvy with the buyers coming through to articulate what they are buying and why they should pay this price why this price is an opportunity not a threat and if you know that profile going in you can readily speak to that buyer in a much more real way and confident way than if you're just showing up to the showing unprepared you got the listing and now you're meeting these buyers now it's time to sell buddy <laughs> what are you gonna do right definitely and can we just take a moment to pause and just give a hand clap for Amit saying that he's on a speaking engagement with Gary V. Oh yeah, definitely. Congrats, congrats. There's a that's a that's a big deal and major congrats there. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So you, we know you're passionate about speaking marketing, and there is what I have seen Amit do, and one of his other passions. He's punching on Clubhouse, and he knows a lot. And I'm now getting like hooked into just the education of it because Amit is posting so much good content about it. But it is sports cards and and collectibles. So what is this something you've always been into? How how did you get into it? And and why does it seem like right now this is such a big deal? Was there was there some shift in the marketplace that we don't know about? Yeah, there actually was. So when I was a kid, probably like seven, eight years old, you know, growing up in the US, most like most kids, we collect sports cards. So I collect baseball and football cards and stuff. And I then when I was in in college, I had a little bit more money and I was able to do it a little bit more. And then I stopped for years and years. And Gary Vee, like you had mentioned his name earlier, um, he's a mentor to me. I don't know him, but you know, I've always listened to him and he's mentored me like virtually, I guess. And he started talking about sports cards like three years ago. And I'm like, man, everything he said before has been working. So like, I like sports cards and I'm gonna start doing it. So over the last two and a half years, my wife and I have invested, I don't know, about 45 grand, give or take. And that that is worth over $210,000 today. Wow. wow. And yeah, it's crazy stuff. So it was just listening to Gary Vee and, and then being passionate about it as well. T tell us though, so what was your number one like uh, equity growth in a, in a card? You bought it for how much and now it's worth how much and, what, and who is it on the card? So Dwayne Wade, he had a car. And so like when, when the market is like not as busy, like, like three years ago or two and a half years ago, it's scary when you spend good money on a, on a card, you know, you feel like stupid sometimes. So I spent like 1800 on a Dwayne Wade card and it recently sold for 22,500. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That is amazing. The, the, 
it is not a world that I've been familiar with, but I just not told uh, Amit knows this. I, I told my dad to dig out his 50-year-old baseball and football card collection and start rooting through it, and he's got some gems in there. And we're like, how do we get these? I have no where idea. Do even, yeah, where, where, where do you value the, them? How do you buy them and sell them? The, even like, where do you go? So, so we'll do another Zoom, I guess, not for public, and I'll be happy to share everything I can. Oh, it's a secret. It's oh, a yeah, secret. Yeah, yeah. You think you're collectible. <laughs> oh, oh, we can we can share it with everyone too. But I don't know if your your, your audience would want to listen to that. Yeah, just just it. really just just the basics of of what it of what it is. Uh, so, like the basics are this. Um, first of all, I only invest in Hall of Famers or people that may make the Hall of Fame, the all-time best, the goats, or whatever you want to call them. And um, so, another thing is, so besides that, you have to get the cards. You have to, like Gary Vee says, you have to educate yourself. Got to spend a lot of time on um, eBay. eBay is where they're sold mostly. The cards are super liquid. You can sell them on eBay. You can sell them on, there's another company called StockX. And then they have these auctions. You know, if the cards are worth more, like a good amount, the auctions are going to probably be about nine days or more. Um, so like if you're a new person and you want to collect, first thing you would do is probably look at older cards, not newer cards. The newer cards are, are highly produced. There's just too much. You want to have scarcity, just like, you know, with anything in business, you want the demand to be higher than the supply. So I go to like stuff that's probably like in the, in the eighties or earlier, or, um, you know, if it's basketball, then maybe 2003 to 2012 and, um, like, <clears throat> excuse me, LeBron James, his card. And I kill, I feel like killing myself for this, his card last January, you could have bought his rookie card for a thousand. And it, it sold for forty thousand recently. Wow. Well, and 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 so so that's LeBron James, who is clearly going to be a Hall of Famer, the, yeah, the, the goat maybe of all time. Other other podcasts will debate that. Yes. <laughs> not here. But so I I just I just saw the other day it was a, a Luca. How do you say his last name? Luca Doncic card from yeah. from the from the Mavericks sold for five point two million dollars. Do I have that right, Amit? It's four point six, but it's ridiculous number. <laughs> so, so why would that sell for that high? Yeah. So, first of all, that was a one in one out of one. It's all. First of all, I would never, even if I had the money, I would never invest in a, a card and a guy that we don't know how well he's going to do. Right. He, he can could get, get injured. He, he could. I mean, yeah. traded and no team. Like what? I don't understand. That 4.6 million card could be worth a few hundred bucks in the future, or it could be worth more, you know? So like, I don't, I don't believe in that. Sometimes what happens is these very rich people, because like hedge funds buy these cards too, and just, it's crazy. So I, if you buy someone that their career isn't completed, like Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, I'm scared to invest in, in him. He's a great player and probably will be, one of the all-time best, but if he gets injured tomorrow, all of a sudden, he he's not he you know his card's not worth anything. Yeah, I mean right. you can buy. A, I could have bought a Patrick Mahomes card last year for eighteen hundred, and it sold for like twenty five thousand the other day. Wow! But wow! But it's scary. It's so scary. and what was the so you said there was a shift in the marketplace? What what happened to bring like? So is it just Gary V pushing, and now everyone is aware of it? Like what was the big? 
shift in, in the marketplace? Yeah, so it's, it's you know what it was? It's, it became cool. Like a lot of celebrities, athletes started buying stuff. And then during COVID, the market went up like crazy because people were at home. They were reliving like their- yeah, they had money. Yeah, they had they got their their tax free money. You know, I don't know if it's free, but um, they got the free money and they just had time to you know watch TV, watch sports, reminisce, and, and yeah, and talk to family again. Very very yeah. interesting market. It really is. It, it, it it's it's well. So last thing on the Gary V train, and then we'll we'll move towards back to some other questions, but. So you're watching Gary V. What's Gary V. talking about right now? Do you know? Uh, yeah. He, no. Tell he's me. Talk, he's um, talking about NFT. A exactly. Lot. NFT. He, you know, he's talking about art that this virtual art that you should buy. He's talking about these virtual trade trading cards. It's called NBA Top Shot. Oh, is this like stuff on the blockchain? Like you can buy for tokens. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. Yeah. NFTs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, artwork. Yeah, so and that's what he's talking about. I mean, he told me about this card. Um, it was um, Giannis basketball card. He he said you gotta buy as many as you can. It was like 200, 250. It's that card sells between four and ten thousand dollars now. Mm-hmm. Wow. So are you? Last question on this: Are you getting into NFTs now? Actually, I bought my first one the other day. And, <laughs> um, I was some. One, one of my friends just kept telling me I should do it. I should do it. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I, I just, I actually bought it just so he would shut up, to be honest with Which you. Which one did you buy? It was like, it was a Luca thing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, hey, he's hedging. He's hedging. He's hedging. I love it. It's okay. It wasn't 4.6, but we're good for now. <laughs> it was like 200 bucks. <laughs> Nice, nice. But the the main thing that you said that actually relates back to real estate in the market now is scarcity, right? The the supply in real estate is low, just like it is, and that's what the cards that um is looking for things that are are rare to find, which is what is pushing the prices up now in real estate, and why you have uh massive migration from certain places because of the pandemic, and and the the supply cannot meet the demand. And tons of people are moving to where you are in Miami. And there's a there's a chairman down there that is waving the flag. Waving that Miami Beach flag, baby. Oh, man. And it is the mayor of Miami. Have you have you met him before? Have you had any conversations with him? Like what do you, what's your opinion? Um so yeah, I, I haven't met him. And my Miami's crazy. I mean, bottom line is Miami. Miami's crazy. Florida's crazy. If there's something that crazy has happened in the, in the U.S., it's usually Florida or Miami. Yeah, so, you see that. You see the headline: Florida man does X. Yeah, you know, Florida yeah. woman does Y. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like during COVID, like it was like there was no COVID for for a long <laughs> a lot of times. You know, people in clubs just doing crazy stuff, and you know. At the end of the day, I love living in Miami. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else in the world. But there's some crazy people here, you know? And um, I guess that's what makes people come here. And it makes also people sometimes leave. But um, we, we just, we definitely have way more supply of people that want to come here than that want to leave. So yeah, I mean, all, all the politics aside, it's, it's, it's crazy. People like 
it's like they're not watching the news or the TV sometimes. It's not scary because we have to wear masks. We have to do certain things. So it's not, it's not as crazy as some of the stuff you see on TV, but all the businesses in Florida have been open for forever, you know, before any mandates from anywhere else. So yeah, it's, it's definitely crazy. Let me give a little context for people who might be catching up and not really following. So so Mayor Francis Suarez, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, he is an absolute beast on social media and particularly utilizing Twitter to basically siphon people out of the Bay Area and out of Silicon Valley and into Miami where he is trying to create, you know, the 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 best tech hub in the country and uh, and and by some some uh, people's standards succeeding at that. Um, it's been crazy and funny to watch. I think he, I'm probably going to misquote this, but he had a billboard in San Francisco where it was like a screenshot of a tweet and the tweet (laughs) said, thinking of moving DM me. And it was from the mayor of Miami. I mean, that is some bold next level marketing. I applaud it. I wonder though, I mean, as a resident, you know, are, are you championing that? Are you thinking that's a, a, an awesome thing or is it maybe, is there some things, uh, you know, behind the scenes as a resident and, and uh, citizen of Miami that are maybe, well, you know, well, let's hold back a little bit. You know, I'm all for like progressive marketing, so I'm good with it and it's helped. We have a ton of people from California New York, Chicago, we have them from everywhere. So whatever he's doing is, is a good job. And, you know, you got to think like, if you're an agent, would you do these things? Probably, you know, if you're getting results. So I'm all for it. Yeah. What, what is, what is happening um, in the marketplace there in general now with, with, you know, do you have massive migration? Do you, has, you know, what, what of those tweets has come to fruition where you're like, wow, like we have X company here now and it wasn't, you know, something you originally thought would be possible? Yeah, I mean, we have, uh, we, we, we're starting a tech hub. We're starting like uh, a financial basically area where a lot of people are coming because the taxes are great here. You know, pe- you don't have to pay state and local tax and people are saving thousands per day, you know, depending on your wealth. So for a real estate agent that helps us because we have the, the wealthiest people moving here. It's not like, I don't, we, our team sells everything, whether it's a $200,000 home or a way more expensive home. We're all for anything, but it's sort of nice when all the people that are coming are looking for very expensive homes. And um, yeah, the market is, the market is crazy with all these hubs but more than the hubs i think it's the taxes and also people with covid wanting bigger homes bigger places to stay and i think for the most part miami is pretty cheap compared to most big places in the world that have a name like miami nice what's what's your average price point down the average home price now so like for our team we our average price point is probably like 1.2 and we do, that's probably, we do about 80% luxury and then 20%, you know, everything else. Jade on our team just did a, two rentals, one month rentals. One was for 120,000 a month and one was for 80,000 a month. The 80,000 a month was just in a condo. And 
it, it's ridiculous. Crazy. It's, it's so ridiculous. I mean, are there things that you and your team are doing to strategically position yourself ahead of some of the floodgates opening or, or as the floodgates are opening of the, the buyer tidal wave coming in, especially from other major cities, people with yeah, money? Uh, yeah, a, a few things. Like, um, we have great agent relationships, you know, and we have really, really, as we get more people from New York and all these other areas that I mentioned, our relationships are stronger with them. We're, we're talking to them on the phone more as far as, as far as like these other, like this, the new sectors that are coming here, we're always aware of the news. We're always aware of everything. We're, we're, we're like, I don't know if this is a bad word, but we're, we're like sort of, it's sort of creepy how much we check out these people because we want to know everything that's going on. So we'll be the first to help them, you know, and, and we're creating videos, you know, we're, we're pushing our stuff about Miami. So like I did a video recently and it, so I live in Miami and I live in an area called Pinecrest. So what I did is I did a video. It was just a, a zoom. I did a zoom to myself and um, I said three huge mistakes people make when buying a home in Pinecrest. And I didn't do the basic stuff. I did some stuff. So the person knew I knew about the area and that I didn't do stuff that everyone knows. I made sure I put good content. And from that video, I got someone in Pennsylvania and we're looking at $5 million homes, you know? And he said, I thanked him for working with me. And um, he's like, don't thank me, thank your YouTube. And that <laughs> video was terrible, it was terrible. But so like, I, I think what we're doing is, so I'm gonna do a video like within a week and it'll be like, three huge mistakes buyers moving to Miami are making in 2021. I'm gonna shorten the name, but something like that because I know no one else is doing that content. We wanna think about mistakes people are making when they're moving here in 2021. When they do that, and because people obviously look at Google for education. So the video quality doesn't have to be that good, but the information does. So I, I, I woke up at three in the morning. It was like 3.20 in the morning. I'm like, I got an idea for marketing. And I pulled my phone. I got on my notes section and I wrote the top three. In the morning, I forgot everything I thought about, but I had it on my phone. Nice. That's nice. so good. Love the strategy. Yeah. Love the strategy. And you know what? This all ties back together into clearly Ahmet is someone who thinks about what people are going to click on. How are they going to perceive the title, the the information, everything like that? Because you have to position yourself in a digital way to be the expert these days. You're going to generate referrals locally if you know enough people and you can still shake hands out and about, you know, but there's not as many events. There's not as many organic relationships being made right now. And it may not ever really go back to the way it was where you could just make those inroads day after day after day in real estate. So you've got to be a someone who thinks about these trends digitally and thinks about not only just posting the content, but how do I get my content seen and viewed by the people I want to see and view it? Yeah. He's thinking about what's valuable to the consumer, not just what he wants to post, which is key. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm gonna, we'll 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 look to to kind of wrap up here. But in closing, um, you know, what would what would you kind of say to to someone who and and I know you speak to him on Clubhouse pretty much every time you you host a room, but the individual who is maybe a little stalled out in real estate or just starting and trying to get some traction, you know, what are what are some best practices right now that, that people can pick up and make sure that they're they're doing today to become a better real estate agent? So the first thing I would say is there's so many opportunities that aren't aren't being used. Just like I mentioned about these videos, you could be a brand new agent and there can be an area that you really like to work in. Just spend like a couple of days, two, three days learning that like it's a it's like it's a final exam. Study it really, really well. Then figure out like mistakes that people are making. If you don't know, ask people, ask other agents, work with them team up with them, collaborate. But if you do these videos, you're going to start getting people, you're, you're basically going to microwave your career. You're going to be able to do things a lot quicker than, than um, you could otherwise. Google things, pretend you're a buyer, Google it or go on YouTube, Just do searches, pretend you're that buyer, pretend you're that seller, pretend you're whoever, pretend you're, you know, every one of us lives in an area for a reason, we all pretty much love the areas that we live in. And there are reasons why we live there. But before we got here, or when we were just getting used to the place, we probably had questions. If you answer those questions in written content, on audio, and in, and in um, YouTube video, you don't have to spend a nickel. And you, you'll all of a sudden, people will start finding you. And all of a sudden, you're gonna be that person that, and if you get, if you don't, if you've never sold real estate and you get people calling you, it's a good problem to have. You, I'm sure you can find one agent that would split the deal with you. <laughs> yeah, you'll be, you'll be good. And it comes back down to one of, one of its key things, collaboration. Um, and, and so we, we thank you for being on our podcast and collaborating with us today um, and taking time out of your day to, to hang out and give major uh, value adds to people's lives and to their business so that they can grow um, and be successful in real estate and maybe even trade a couple of sports cards along the way. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> they might have some old rookie card they need to dust off and right. see its value. Right. DM Amit about that. Yeah, DM Amit. So, so Amit, just in closing here, where can people find you? So the easiest is whatever social media it is, hashtag the Indian Realtor. And you'll find me. Do you see how easy he made that, by the <laughs> way? Oh, I love that. I just just a just a, a quick tip at the end. Like nice. the, the 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 so many people overcomplicate their handles and then it's not co- cohesive across platforms. Who can't remember the Indian realtor? Right. This this easy. So look it up, people. And connect with Amit. He'd be happy to uh, to connect with you down in Miami. And we thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure catching up with you guys.